would have come in this generation saying he was just putting a platform for someone else a type of John the Baptist that made way for Jesus Christ the Elijah of this day making way for you Lord and Lord one day will be brought into another realm another dimension where Lord in that presence it won't be any man that stands up and says, look at me, for all will look at you. And Lord, we ask this morning you'd make that reality more real to us, that your presence would come and that we might know, oh Lord, this great being, this spirit that came and condescended down to the level that we dwell in. Lord, we come to you this morning as a people and we're we've got faults we've got failures we've got mistakes but Lord we look to the lamb we look to the blood this morning that alone is our righteousness Lord it's not what we did it's what you did for us oh we're so thankful we serve a God of love Lord a God who is full of humility a God who is full of compassion and mercy and grace and we invite you this morning, Lord. Oh, God, may you be lifted up in our midst this morning. We may, may we know more of you this morning, Lord. Not intellectually, but Lord, may we know the Spirit of God, this Spirit of truth. Father, this morning, you know all that we've been through in this last week. You know all that the enemy has come against your people. 
You know our ups, our downs. You know everything, oh Father. Lord, you know the wounds. You know the battles. But we're asking that you'll come. Minister to us this morning. Minister faith for the hour that we dwell in. Lord, we want to come and commit the service to you, the speaker, the hearer. We pray that you'll take the preeminence. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. I'll invite you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. As you're doing that, I just would make a couple of announcements. If you're on the website, you will notice we've posted a couple of meetings. So on Wednesday, March 31st, actually two weeks from today is Easter. And uh, Easter is always such a time of hope and, and the resurrection and we see the sun coming into power. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I almost feel like now when you walk outside, it's almost full of more expectation than when summer's here. And uh, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? We're, we're human beings. But the, the Easter week, so on the Wednesday before that, that's Wednesday, March 31st, Brother Tim Dodd will be passing through this way. He's conducting Easter meetings up in Grand Prairie, but he's stopping by to minister for us on Wednesday, March 31st. And then on Easter Sunday, we're also going to hold special meetings, and we're going to do it much in the format that we did our annual meetings last year, which will be a video stream, and we're going to have Brother Ray Erickson minister for us. And so it'll be Sunday morning, two, and then Sunday night, two services, but I need you to pay attention here. The Sunday morning, because we're connecting with him as he's ministering to his church it will start at 9.30, okay? So I'm giving you two weeks' notice to adjust your body clock, okay? So the Wednesday Easter morning will be at 9.30. The evening will be at 6 p.m. They're, they're moving their service back. We're moving ours forward so we can coincide together. Let's be in prayer. Let's be in expectation. We've been waiting on the Lord for the, the right thing, and we believe that God is in all of these things. And we may also have uh, Brother Jonah Emke come by our way here in the next week or so. He's, he just became a grandpa last night. And while he became a grandpa, so did Brother Harold become another great-grandpa. And uh, Brother Harold's grandson, Levi, and Jonah's daughter, Christy, they had a baby boy last night. So I'm not going to share more than that, okay? You just figure the rest out, and you'll get it somewhere. But uh, So we, we just are thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We just want to invite the Spirit of God to have liberty this morning. Let, let's read from Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, now I, I really would, would, would like to emphasize these words. This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. This is not the words of a man. This is God speaking very emphatically to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. 
Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Now you're going into a, a promised land, and, and as Abraham was told, walk the land, describe the land, possess the land. But now it's Abraham's seed taking the land. Where do we stand this morning? There's got to be a people that are going to take the land this morning. And he says, even from the wilderness and this Lebanon unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not a man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses so I will be with thee, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. What promises are being given under this commission? This is very emphatic. And he says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'll invite you to keep your Bibles open. In the book of Joshua, I'm going to just jump ahead to Joshua chapter 11. And as you're turning to that, I just want to make a couple of statements. I'm going to make some points this morning to get to where I'd like to get to. Um, I'm going to take this a little bit on the heels of where we spoke last Sunday about the promises. And Really, I'm probably still around the message perfect faith in Mark 11, but I didn't want to turn to it again just yet. But I, I, I want to take this, and I just feel as the Lord's been, been speaking to, to my heart and to us about where we're at, Joshua parallels Ephesians. And there is a coming out, and there is a going in. There were three exodus in the Bible and they all parallel each other, the first, the second, and the third. The first exodus under Moses, there was a coming out of Egypt, the world. And there was not just a coming out to wander in the wilderness, but there had to be a season to enter in. We have come out of the world. We have come out of denominationalism. We have come out under a prophet. And we are also going in because the Joshua of this day was typed in Brother Branham, but the Joshua of this day is the Holy Ghost. I need to make some statements regarding that. Now, 
Josh, and, and I'd like to speak this morning on the absolute of the Joshua Commission. And I, I, I would like to do that. So Joshua chapter 11, I want to just read this verse in verse 15. As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Now just think about that. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Go with me just for a moment, Brother Mark. I didn't give you this, but this is back in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. If I can, I just want to read the latter part of that chapter because God continues to speak to Joshua, tells him to go across the land, and, and he says, remember the word of Moses. God will give you rest in the land. He'll do all of these things. And then he tells the people the same thing. So Joshua chapter 1 in verse 16. And the people now answer Joshua. And they answer Joshua saying, All that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that does rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto the words that thou commandest him shall be put to death, only be strong and of good courage. Now, there's much I, I, I would like to say regarding this, and I, I, I'm going to maybe just take little bits I don't want to just make this uh, something that we view we're at a stage in the message. Because, you know, Brother Branham is gone. Uh, he fulfilled Moses in type. He fulfilled Joshua in type. And, 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 and we can just make it a group thing, and we can make it sound like you know, here's where we're at in the journey, and this is our state of being. But I need this to be very personal, like we did last week. What are the promises for you? What is your mountain that is before you? Who is the God that is with you? What are you possessing? What are your promises? Where are you at in the journey? Because I'll, I'll say this. There is one that is rising on the scene, and he is working on our behalf in our lives. And it is not just pointing back to, to uh, Moses or Brother Branham, and, and yet it, we employ that as an avenue. But there's a God who is beginning to act it out, the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and I, I believe Brother Max even shared, and it was very well said, it's not just now God making promises, but it's God fulfilling promises in our lives. And I believe we're, we're at a tremendous place and we need to walk in these things. Now, the promises of God that were given to Abraham and to Moses as we took last week provided an expectation. 
And God's promises are not as a man's promises. Like, I think we're sick and tired of man's promises. I think I'm sick and tired of hearing all that politicians tell me they're going to do that they know they can't do when they're saying it coming right out of their mouth. I, I, I don't need to hear it. I, I'm tired. I mean, in the business world, people will say things. You, you can't even expect any measure of truth hardly anymore. And, and sometimes we ourselves, we, are, we find ourselves inadequate to fulfill our promises. But God is not a man. And, he, and his promises are yea and amen. And if we trust in his word, and we repeat his word, and we find ourselves in the channel of his word, then we're going to have success. Then we're going to fulfill what God has commanded for us to fulfill in this day. It's not our doing. It's not our might. It's not our strength. But it's his spirit in us that is going to fulfill his word. So now, in... in I need to refer to a couple of scriptures. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And, and this will, will tie together with a thought of promise. But Paul is speaking, and, and it really, you, you could read chapter 3 to get the background, but he says in verse four, chapter 4, verse 1, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. Now, Paul is referring back to the time of the first exodus. He's saying the gospel was preached to a people. They were told and they saw they came out under a great sign gift ministry, First and second pull under Moses, if we want to call it that, what was, a, was the sign, the gift, the wonders, all of those things. But under that, there came a people whose hearts became hardened to just having a self-serving religion, having a God that would meet their needs. They weren't interested in, in, in really what he wanted in the end game. They, they were a mixed multitude. So in other words, the next words that Paul says here, it says the gospel was preached as well as in them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They always looked to signs, they always looked to wonders, but they didn't look to the promise. When the giants came, they immediately feared. They forgot the promise, they forgot the word, they forgot the God that was with them, and the enemy pointed to that, and they were drawn by that. I believe our focus needs to be beyond what happened in the healing revival, all of these things and all of that, but it needs to be driven by one thing. We are going to our promised land. God, help me this morning to, to, to convey the thought that I really do have on my heart. He says, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he's saying, I have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I believe it's God's desire to give good things to his children. I believe he's given us an inheritance. An inheritance that was lost in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sold out 
their rights to the tree of life, when they sold out their God-given rights as the God of this earth, when they sold that out, the book went back in the hands of God. It did not go to Satan. It went back to God. But God did not want to leave it there. He wanted to give it back to man. So in the end time, after Jesus paid the price, after he purchased our redemption, God also said, now the end result of what Jesus did would be that I would have to restore my children back to where they were when they fell in the garden. So I'm going to send the book back down to them. Now it's not just a book that we have an intellectual revelation. But it's your place. It's your inheritance in the land. It's not just an intellectual understanding. But it's actually taking the very place that God ordained from you from before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1. Now I'm going to parallel this. I'm going to use a few scriptures and then I'll just... Start moving along. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's just pick this up in verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, now remember, Ephesians parallels Joshua. Joshua was a natural land. Ours is a spiritual land. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit and wisdom of revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God has so much better planned for us than we could plan for ourselves. If we could learn to yield and trust him. Now he would go on to say, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? He would go on to say, which is wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all." Now, Paul would go on to say in the, in the book of Ephesians, now, he would say, are we seated in heavenly places? In other words, once you are saved, once you are uh, bought and purchased by God, you accept it, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, now you're seated in heavenly places. But, but, and if we're not careful, and this morning I really need to minister to a couple of levels. We, are, we, we can preach this like a convention message where you'll never be lost, you're this, you're, you're, you're in God, you're, you're safe, you're protected, the devil can't touch you. That's the truth. That's the absolute truth. But we're not just a soul. We also are a, a, a spirit being. We need to learn to possess our spirit. We need to learn to give God the control. We need to learn to cast the enemy out. We need to learn to let God have dominion over our flesh. 
So Canaan did not represent the millennium. Canaan was still the land of overcoming. The minute you have the Holy Ghost, you are not in the millennium. There is such a false concept of what the Holy Ghost is sometimes. I'd like to just say something. Brother, the brothers that minister, Brother Moses, God bless you for your service on Wednesday about getting the mechanics and getting it right and doing that. And Brother Andrew, ministering as he did, I, he'll be ministering tonight. I just told him, you can preach what you preach to the young people. Because it was, it was tremendous. And I appreciate the maturity about dealing with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not a one and done situation. We want the Holy Ghost and we think, oh, if I can get the Holy Ghost, then I'll have rest and I won't have to worry about the devil. No, it will be a continual battle. When Joshua went into Canaan, he continually had to deal with Amorites and Hivites and Jebusites and all these ites. And they were there. But the promise was yay and amen. Before we ever get to a millennium, we're going to overcome here. God's going to prove to the devil that there's a people, there's an Eve that will not fall. There's an Eve that will stand and will be his victory. And I'm looking to take possession. Speak to your mountain. I believe there's a voice in the land. What the Spirit of God said through the prophet, he will also say to the bride. And she will be the final voice. The last voice that the devil hears will be the bride speaking to him. I believe we are moving into the place where the voice that we have within us is a voice that is recognized in heaven and it's also recognized in hell and we need to recognize it while we're here and we need to have faith in our prayers and we need to have faith in what we say and what we talk about and the attitude in which we conduct ourselves because this is part of our journey this is part of our inheritance this is part of what God has purchased for us Now, Brother Branham would say, redemption has two parts, coming out, entering in. First, you have to come out. Some people want to bring the world in with them. But you've got to come out of the world to enter into Christ. And I asked the question last week, what is standing between you and the promises? Because under Joshua, now this is when everything comes to order. This is not a mixed multitude. This is not Dathan and Koros. I believe the true bride of Christ is not here to put up with Dathan and Koros. When they came, and, 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 or it's not about the evil reports of the conditions or the circumstances. You know, when Joshua and Caleb came back from the land and they were carrying grapes that were had to be carried between two men. That was a reality. 
And ten spies could not see that reality because their eyes were blinded by the conditions of the world. I believe we need to tune out what's around us. I believe we need to focus on the promises of God. And when they came back and they turned the hearts of the people and those spirits still exist in the land and they exist in our midst and they're saying the promises are too great. I'm sorry, but there's a spirit of Joshua in the land. There's a spirit of Caleb in the land. When those ten spies gave their PowerPoint presentation and they showed the giants and said, We're, look at this drone. You know, we, had, we look like grasshoppers. Pardon me? We are the people of God. We are not an off-scouring. We've been purchased by the blood. I don't believe Joshua sat there for a minute. You know, and sat there and he listened to the report. That's wonderful. Um, could I say something, please? No. The, 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 what Joshua did, he just about had enough of that. And he should, should he, say, uh, excuse me? No, he didn't say that. He said, shut up! Yeah. I don't need to hear that anymore. Sorry, if you, I, maybe that's not a proper word to say. He's still the people. Still, be still! He said, there's a promise that we've been given. There was something that burned within him. Friends, it's got to burn within us. It can't be something, oh, it's just out there, we might take it. No, it's got to be your fabric and your being. He stilled the people. I believe that that spirit needs to exist within us. I don't believe we need to put up with this foolishness anymore. Somebody comes and starts talking negative. My, oh my, now I'm meddling. This is our land. I'm going to read this. This is way back in my notes, but I'm going to read it now. Brother Branham would actually speak the adoption series. And I, I sometimes I go on this topic and I love, I love these messages. 1960. And I almost can remember them verbatim. And I identify with them so much. Partly because the one I'm quoting from is adoption number two. Preached on May 18th, 1960. The very day I was born. <laughs> it's not a doctrine, don't worry. You're all in part of the promise, but... I'll tell you what, I see a part of me in these words. Not just because I was born on that day, but because I was born, that was a natural birth, but there was a spiritual birth that has identified me with this. A man outside of Canaan knows nothing of it. The promise was given to the church is not a natural land, but a spiritual land, a holy nation. He says, you're called out, you're elected, you're chosen, you're set aside. The world is dead on the outside. Now, I'll just say this. We have an enemy that troubles us. And the number one sin of the, war, of the church is worldliness. And that doesn't mean you're not affected. Preachers can be affected. Heads of homes can be affected. But you need to be bringing it before the Lord continually. If there's something that's hindering you or the devil's coming, you need to say, I've got an inheritance. I don't want anything to do with this. This is hindering me from the promises. 
You know, the first hindrance they had crossing over the land was there was this river of Jordan, which is death to self. And Paul says, I die daily. Not, it's not me that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And we need to do the same thing. And what the devil always tries to do, just like he did in the time of Israel, he mixes, he brings in a Balaam, and that Balaam teaches, the teaching of Balaam brought a mixture with Moab and Israel where God was forced to curse them. So the enemy will try to get you to mix with the world, mix with influences, mix with things where God is obligated to deal with you. But a real believer separates himself. And then listen, that doesn't mean you're immune from temptation. It's always around you. But there's got to be something you're feeding on. There's got to be something that's going to cause you to overcome. And you will, a poor diet is the worst thing. I'm going way ahead here. It's a natural, it's not a natural land. We are led by the Spirit. Sons and daughters are led by the Spirit of God, not by man, but by the Spirit. Now he says, the whole thing is bundled up this way now. It's been taught many times, but I want to strike it a lot deeper. Over the years, we have had, with the message come out, and we're now down to, I I, I would say it's our fourth generation. But the message came out, our grandparents, they heard it, our our fathers maybe heard it, and it meant a great deal to them. And they moved in it in a level. But sometimes with that movement coming out, there there came elements that, that were not always perfect. You know, Brother Bannon would say, Joshua saw the failings of Moses. But that never stopped him from going on. Okay? Now, I as a head of home have failed at times. As a minister, I've failed at times. But that doesn't stop me from going on because there's land to be possessed. We we would come out with an ironclad. It's easy to get a religious spirit. It's easy to, to just, you know, like this is the word, line up to it. Well, that's true. But if you're operating your household in fear, what's that going to help somebody to grow in the Lord? If it's a boot camp and and everybody's marching to your voice, we want to get them in tune with the Holy Spirit to deal with them. We need to create an atmosphere. Now, it's easy. I've failed. All of us have failed. But God, help us this morning that we'll be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit to allow it to deal and to create an atmosphere. You know, we would make statements say, all outside the Holy Ghost is lost. Yeah, it's true. But you harp on that too far and you exclude anybody. You have no grace for anybody. And then Brother Branham turns around. You know, he'll say, apply the token, you know. Kick the garbage out. Absolutely. But he also, listen, the message is not a smorgasbord where you you pick and choose what fits your nature and your character. You've got to take the whole basis. He'll say this even further. And he'll go on and say, I want you, when you take the Holy Ghost, apply it in love. Create an atmosphere. Let your loved ones drop into it and watch the Holy Ghost, the token, take effect. 
So all of these things are part of the big picture. I want to move on. Have I always lived it out perfect? No. But I'll say, God help me. My desire is to move on with you. So he'll say, we need to strike it deeper. A man that is in Christ with the Holy Ghost can bear with a man when he's wrong. Wow. He's long-suffering. He's gentle. Friends, I'm talking about our land. This is my land. Oh, I got a right to be bitter. No, you don't. I got a right to be happy. In COVID, yeah, I got a right to be happy. Christ bought it for me. I got a right to joy. It's my land. It's my inheritance. I can create that atmosphere around me wherever I go. <laughs> he says, he's patient, he's gentle, he's sweet, he's humble, filled with the Spirit, never negative. Oh my. How much negativity has been cast around. I'll tell you what, you watch spirits attract each other. Somebody says, did you hear this? And, and, and immediately, there's a certain sect that wants to hear it. I think it's time for Joshua to stand up again. We don't want to hear it. We want to, I, I believe we need discernment. But I believe we need to look at the promises as a yay and an amen. He's a different person. Create the atmosphere around you. You got the token, create a spirit around you. A power. When you talk, people know you're a Christian. They love for you to say something to them. They believe your word. What is it? They hold on to it. Now, I'm, I, I'm raising my voice. I'm preaching. But I'm speaking to myself, okay? Because I, I, need, to, I need to be able to look and say, okay, I, I can preach, and, 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 and maybe my righteousness could be established by saying, so-and-so doesn't have it, and I've got it. Ha, ha, ha. No, that's not it. You know what? When Nathan the prophet came and told David a story one day, and he says, you know, this man did this and this. David was looking from afar. He thought, oh, that man deserves to die. And Nathan turned around and said, you're the man. You know what we need to do sometimes? I'm the man. You're the woman. I'm the one that needs help. Forget about looking at someone else. I have land to possess. Don't just look at your weakness and look down on everybody else. What are you doing to possess your land? I believe we ought to take Joshua chapter 11 and he left nothing undone. What about what's undone in my life or your life? He's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. My, I, I jumped way ahead of my notes. And, okay. He would say, some people wants to bring the world in with them, but you've got to come out of the world to enter into Christ. You've got to come out of a belief. There cannot be any one thing in your way. To have genuine faith, you must leave everything that's contrary to the word. So it's death to self. It's crossing Jordan. It's true repentance. God bless you, Brother Andrew, for saying, when you really repent, you're entitled to the Holy Ghost. Stick with it. Stay with it. Don't let anything come. It's a, you're a part of your promise. If you don't get it today, you'll get it tomorrow. 
Keep pressing in. Keep moving forward. God said it. Full obedience entitles you to it. Keep moving in it. Separate from all unbelief. Don't mix with the world. Don't allow things to come between. Don't allow influences. Don't allow friends. Don't even allow family. I'm not against family. But I'm saying you've got to walk with God. Thank God for our families. Thank God. But don't hide behind that. Move with God. Allow the unction of the Holy Spirit to move. That's, that's another part. I need to take this part where he would say, Ephesus is where the book of Joshua fits. The book of Ephesians of the Old Testament would be a good thing to title this book of Joshua. Joshua represented grace, which could not exist at the same time the law was in existence. Now, Joshua could not come into his ministry until after the Moses was gone. Now, I've appreciated over the years how Brother Harold has took Joshua and said, Brother Branham fulfilled that. He did. But I believe there was also a change. There was Moses, who was, Brother Branham fulfilled, was under a man anointing under first and second pull. But as he moved into third pull, I believe we saw God using the vessel of Brother Branham, but he was using it now in a higher level. It was not governed by what Brother Branham could do, but what God could do in him. And this is what we need to move to. Too often we come to church and we humanize what's going on. That's Brother Ed. I'll tell you what, Brother Ed has his failures and faults, but I say we need to recognize what God is doing. God's rule is not by man who are, is just asserting himself to, but it's by the Spirit of God in man. You need to have a place you can subject yourself to. I'm grateful for the years that I've had the office uh, in, in, uh, in front of me of a pastor who which God used that office and it corrected me, it guided me, it did those things. But it wasn't Brother Harold the man. It was the Spirit of God working through that office. At times he didn't even know what it was doing. And I say we need to give honor and respect to the offices and the orders that God has. But at the same point, don't put it on the man. Put it on the Spirit of God working through the man. Give him the glory. Don't put it on man. Sometimes we build up the man so much. You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. I believe we need to see more of God. And if we look for more of God, we'll see more of Him. Now, it's what we yield ourselves to. Brother Branham would say this. Joshua represented grace, and which the law, which was right along with the law, but it could not be enforced as long as the law was in its proper place. Now he makes this statement, and this is in a paradox, 1965. So has the church world in this last day. It's come along, it's played its part, but there's coming a time where it must cease. 
There has got to be an Ephesians also of this journey as there was of other journeys. There has to come an Ephesians of this journey. So this is the language he uses. I don't believe we're so much identified, and I, I, I will just say it this way. I have friends in the ministry. One has a personality trait this way that attracts people around him. But I'm not just looking to build off that personality trait. And I need to recognize the God that's in him, sometimes despite those things. Got another brother that I know who's very dogmatic and very forceful, and this is it, and that's... But at the same time, I need to recognize the Spirit of God that's in him, the passion that's governing him. You have brothers and sisters that you know around you. If we look strictly through the flesh and through the eyes, we're going to see the wrong thing. But we need to see the Christ in one another. You, as parents, we need to see it in our children. We need to see it in our wife. Our wife is not a doormat. She's, she's a help. She's a sister in God. She has a high place. And we need to recognize it's our husband. He's not just a, a ruler and a, and a dogman. No, he's fulfilling his position. Everyone must come to their part. Okay. Now, under the order of God, and this is just going back to Joshua chapter 11, and it said, as the Lord commanded Moses, his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua. I'm going to come to this in a few moments. And so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Now, later on in Joshua chapter 18, the Spirit of God comes through, and I will say this, it was the authority coming through Moses, moving into Joshua, being enacted. So the authority that was in a prophet comes into a ministry. Our, the ministry is not just to point back to Moses. You know, you know and, and, and I say, that's a spirit that's out there. You've got to listen to Moses. The only thing the fivefold should do is say what the tapes say and do this. At what point are you going to live out what the tapes say? We need to enact it. We need to move with it. The spirit needs to be there. We are not robots. We are possessors of a land. Now, I believe that's what we need. All of us need. Because nobody, everybody has their own unique paradigm. I cannot step into your paradigm and as a man just help you. But I can be a help as the Spirit of God would allow it. I believe the teenager needs to overcome. I believe the unmarried need to overcome. I believe once you're married, you need to overcome. And in every situation, God gives little helps along the way, but the center of it all is Him. And I believe we need to lean on Him more than we've ever. And I believe he, if we can learn to lean, we'll see Him in a greater measure. Brother Branham didn't rely so much on his gift or himself as he moved into these phases, but he depended on God in a greater measure. I...
We live in an age where all the forces of hell are against us. Just, just put on Revelations 12 for a moment, verse 12. No doubt you've encountered this. No doubt I've encountered this. And all the forces of hell, therefore rejoice you heavens and we that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like the battle has ramped up another level since this year started. And the book of Ephesians would also tell us, put, on, put Ephesians chapter 6 on for a moment. Ephesians chapter 6, the book of Ephesians would also say this about us. Now, remember, Ephesians is a type of Canaan. It's a type of possessing the land. The enemy is increasing in power. He's around us in a greater measure. And then the Bible would, would tell us, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. Now, God fully knew there would be an enemy, and He knew what He would be doing in this last day. But He also has not left us defenseless. So He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The very first message that you will find in the table app, I believe is a message in 1947, December 7th, and it's called Experiences. And Brother Branham comes, he's coming to pray, but before he comes to pray, a brother speaks introducing him. I want you to listen to these words. In the ministry, now soon 34 years, I've seen hundreds of preachers of different faiths and of their own faith, the Pentecostal faith. I have never yet met a man manifesting the humility from day to day that Brother Branham manifests. What did we see not William Branham, the 12-year-old that, that, that had his heart hardened against God, a spirit hung against him. Not the one that would have taken a shotgun and blown off the men. Not the one that, that would have wanted to drink and do those things. But we watched God come into a vessel, and as he yielded, it became so great. Now, nobody can take his place. But listen to what this brother says now. I, I believe he caught an inspiration. I've never yet met a man manifesting humility. The weight of this is crushing the very life out of him. You don't realize what it means to fight the powers of darkness. All the powers of the enemy are turned loose against him. You perhaps only have a small portion against you. Now, where is our battle? It's a mind battle. You have every thought bombarding you. The devil throwing discouragement, depression at you. The devil throwing, using your memory, using it against you. He's only throwing everything. He's having great wrath. But this man says, you perhaps only have a small portion. Remember, Jesus suffered on the cross not just because of his own sins, uh, we're, not, we're not because of his own sins, but because the powers of hell 
were determined to crush him. And then he makes this statement. So if you have anything special from God, the powers of darkness are going to do their best to crush you. And you wonder why we're in a battle. Now, I say all of that, and if you just stop the quote there, you would say, why am I in this? Because the reward is so great. If you actually follow this message through, Brother Brandon would talk about divine love and the victory in the divine love and, and all of these things. You know, when, when, when Zachariah saw the prophecy of the headstone coming down, it, the, the, the cap, the top of the pyramid had to be honed. But nobody could bring that headstone down. Only God could bring that down. And he says, and it came down with shoutings of grace, 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 grace. What is God doing? It's His grace upon us. As we humble ourselves, as we give, despite all that the enemy throws at us, but there are promises associated with us. Now, I, I, I say all of that because, you know, our inheritance, there's enemies in the land. There, you know, Joshua, hey, he was told right away, there's Hivites, there's Jebusites, there's these, but be strong. Be of good courage. Now that strength does not come by your own humanity. It does not come by attending a seminar on positive thinking. But it comes in a great way that God first revealed to Peter. And he said to Peter, he said, who do men say that I am? And he says, well, some say you're Elias, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're this and this. He says, but who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now that was a revelation of the eternal Spirit of God dwelling in a vessel. And so he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. Now if you would look at yourself, now let me just pause for a moment. What's the next word he said? He says, all hell is against this revelation. Now, the revelation of this day is who you are in Christ, your position in your inheritance. All hell is against this revelation. All hell is against what you, you coming to grips with what God has purchased for you. <laughs> oh, my. Listen, I, maybe you're not rejoicing. You ought to rejoice when you think. And Brother Branham would say, in the church age book. It is revelation of God that will give you authority over the devil. Amen. Now you can see, if you add or take from it, you're cursed. But if there's a perfect revelation and overcomes the enemy, he says there is nothing of such prevailing power as the revelation of the word. Now Joshua was not operating under just a God that he was tagged onto Moses, but he was given his commission by Moses, well, by God, through Moses first. And then God reaffirmed the commission to him. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 2, if you will, please. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Verse 24. Now, the whole book of Deuteronomy is, 
is a series of meetings 30 days before Moses passes off the scene and he's preparing the people to go in. And Moses is taken up on a rock and we don't see any more of him until Jesus sees him on Mount Transfiguration. Now, or sees him at that point with Elijah. But it, look, at, look at this. The old fighters have died off. The mixed multitude has died off. Now he's turning their hearts to walk in the authority of what God has said. Moses is no longer pointing. Look at the sign in my hand. Look at, look, look at, look, look at, look at this rod. Look at, no, he's not doing that anymore. He's now pointing to a commission. And he's saying this in, in Deuteronomy chapter 2. This is now in verse 24. He's saying, Rise up, take your journey, pass over the river Arnon, and behold, I've given into thy hand the, the she Sion, the Amorite, the king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. This day will I begin to put the the dread of thee and the fear of thee upon the nations that are under the whole of heaven who shall hear the report of thee and shall tremble and shall be in anguish because of thee. And Brother Branham would say, in, the, in Christ the mystery of God revealed, he said, all hell is against this revelation. What revelation? That a group will get this revelation. No, the revelation of Christ personally to you. He's scared that young teenagers will get it. He's scared that mothers and fathers will get it. The devil is howling because if the church can get the true revelation of who she is, the devil will be powerless. It's my inheritance. I am not just born to live out my time and under this world and its rules and its politics and all of that. I've been born to live at a higher level. I've been born to possess my land while I'm on earth here. Not just in a millennium, but here. I've been given the rights to my family. I've been given the rights to joy. I've been given these rights. It's an absolute. And everywhere I walk, I can have it. Not that if you just come to church, you can have an anointing. No, when I go home from church, when I go to the job, when I walk into the school, I can have it. Every place that the sole of my foot treads, it is mine, mine, mine. That's the commission that we're under. Now he says, drop down to verse 29. So this is before they ever crossed Jordan. Verse 29, as the children of Esau which dwelt in Seir, as the Moabites which dwelt in Er, did give me until I pass over Jordan into the land which the Lord our God gave us. Now there's another king called Sihon, king of Heshbon, which would not let us pass by him. For the Lord thy God hardened his heart, made his heart obstinate, that he might deliver him unto thy hand as appeareth this day. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and his land before thee, Begin to possess that you may inherit the land. I don't have the Holy Ghost yet, Brother Ed. Start possessing anyway. 
I haven't crossed over Jordan. Start possessing anyhow. Start meditating in the law of, of, of Moses day and night. Start walking in a way I'm not going to cater to the flesh. I see a weakness where if I'm alone too much, I dwell to these things. Okay? Remove that from you. Leave your cell phone outside your room. You're tired of getting defeated? Listen to what God is saying. Take the evil thing out of from you. I got a relationship. I got a friend that's dragging me down. Put it aside. I want God more than I want these things. I want to possess my land. This is before they ever crossed Jordan. Deuteronomy chapter 3, jump to verse 8. And now Moses is rehearsing all of this to the new generation going in. We took that time out of the hand to the two kings of the Amorites... That was on this side of Jordan from the river of Arnon. Saying before we ever got to Jordan, God was already beginning to work on us. Oh, thank God. Before I ever received the Holy Ghost, I was born in a family. I heard the message. Something pricked my heart. Thank God for that. That is wonderful. Drop down to verse 18. He says, And I commanded you at that time, the Lord your God gives you this land to possess it. You shall pass over this land to overarm before your brethren, the children of Israel, to meet them that are for war. I, I could read much of this, but drop down to verse 21. And I commanded Joshua at that time, thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done unto these two kings. So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou pass. So before God ever spoke to Joshua, Moses did. It was the authority of Moses down to Joshua, and then God would reaffirm the commission. So when you listen to the message, you hear it, then you kneel in prayer, and then somewhere God says, go and do this and this. What is it? It's God speaking to you for the place that you are to inherit. Amen. And we need to follow that and rely on it. You know, if, if you just follow, well, so-and-so isn't doing it. Listen, they don't have the same inheritance as you. You've got a place that is personally yours. That God has determined that you will possess it. Are, are you with me this morning? <laughs> okay, he, he, will, he will go on to say now in verse... 22, you shall not fear them, the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. And I besought the Lord at that time, O Lord, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness, thy mighty hand, for what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to the might. I pray thee, let me go over to see the good land that is in Jordan, the goodly mountain, but the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes. After all that Moses did and put up with, he couldn't cross over. Now, God reserved something better for him, but I actually feel this man stood in the breach for them. This man would not make a nation of himself, but he stood for this people. And because they made him angry, he couldn't go in. My, oh, my. God is not a respecter of persons. Now, God, God had something greater, at any rate. Verse 28, but charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit this land which thou shalt see. Now, I, there, there's a lot more places I could read. You can, 
I'll just read one more portion in Deuteronomy 4. Go to verse 5. Now, Moses gives this little admonition to them. Behold, I have taught you statues and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Now, remember, if God takes the time to make little details known, don't you think we ought to spend the time adhering to them? How many little foxes spoil the vine? How many times does a little gossip hinder the Spirit of God from moving? How many times does reluctance to pay tithes cause God from giving you a full blessing? How many times does a little, uh, a little, a little negativity in your life cause God to stop and pull back? Now, if God would spend the time giving the details, and Joshua, under that commission, he would say he left nothing undone. I think it behooves us to say, Lord, where am I short? And I think we need to be honest with ourselves, not just point to someone else. This is our time of purification. This is not a time to point fingers and say, I'm this and I'm that. I'm going to come to Ephesians in a minute here. Just, just stay with me. But he would also say now, these are the details. You know, there's a saying, the devil is in the details. I think God is actually in the details. I think God demands respect. And his ultimate respect is adherence to his word. Now, it may be mechanics. And maybe you don't feel like doing something. Maybe you know that that clothes you're wearing is a little tight. Maybe you know you shouldn't be watching this. Don't expect God to come down and, and force you to do it. But you need to say, Lord, I, I, it's not in my heart, but I'm going to do it. Then watch God come behind and begin to help you with it. Start the mechanics, start moving in it. God bless you for the message, Brother Moses. Start doing it and then watch God come behind it. And after a while, your desire changes and you don't even want to do that. And after those desires change, then you might have an Amalekite come and then you can speak to your mountain. But you've got to start with the little things. And he says... Keep therefore do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of nations, that you shall hear all these statues and say, Surely this is a great nation, is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great that has a Lord so nigh to him, a God, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him? What nation is there so great that has statues and judgments so righteous as all this law, which I set before you this day? Now again, Moses admonishing them, charging Joshua, and Joshua told in Joshua chapter 1, stay in the law of Moses. Stay in the message. Listen to the tapes. And he says in verse 9, only take heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, but teach them Thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day you stood before me in Horeb, when the people said unto me, Gather the people together, and I will make them to hear their words, that they may learn to fear me all the days of their life, 
that they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. Now, I, I, I went through that quickly, but I'm just showing there was a prelude to where Joshua came in. Okay, jump Joshua chapter 2, Joshua chapter 2, if you would, go with me there. I'm actually taking parts of this that I'm going to pick up another time uh, about the absolute because I just feel I, I need to stay on this just as I've been ministering this morning. So Joshua chapter 2. Our, our, listen, I, this, this may not be the roaring part of the service, okay? But we've got to be honest with ourselves. The fire will fall. <laughs> you know, I, Brother Max took, took the service on Elijah at Mount Carmel. Brother Andrew took it. And, and, you know, you can boil it down into such simplicity. Elijah comes to the end. You know, all of the prophets of Baal are gushing and pouring. But Elijah, he just comes at the end, you know, pour the water, do the sacrifice, and then he prays this prayer to the Lord. He didn't, you know, start a dance and a chant. And He says, Lord, I'm your servant. I did all of this according to your word. Now, Lord, let the fire fall. If we can pray like that, I believe that God will answer like that. Give us a heart, Lord, to observe your word. Can we be honest with each other? My problem may not be your problem. But you need to be honest about your own problem. As I have to be about mine. Can we do that? Because I want to go a little higher. Joshua chapter 2. Look at the testimony of Rahab in verse 9. She says this. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that your terror is upon us, that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Verse 10. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to these two kings. So Joshua already had instant credibility. Even though this happened under Moses, she recognized this was the authority of God moving with them. The devils know the authority that we're under. It's not good enough to isolate ourselves from Brother Branham and say, well, under Brother Branham this and this happened. No, I'm under Brother Branham's message. I'm under the moving of the Holy Ghost this day. Those same demons that were subject to him will also be subject to me. I have a right. I can possess my land. I can take these things. But I'm just a teenager. I'm just a housewife. Praise God. We saw what they did to these two kings. How you destroyed them. Next verse, 11 said, As soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Oh man, how many times have we gone in prayer, discouraged, thinking our prayer isn't heard, but the minute we bow, demons are trembling. How many times have we done that and we failed to recognize the authority that we are under? Oh, I, I want to move in that. It's not because of me. It's because of our God who dwells in. I've surrendered to Him. I've given to Him. Now, Lord, You move. Okay. Joshua would actually say in Joshua chapter 24, verse 12, I need to just to take this because... 
This is the end of Joshua's commission. At the end of Joshua, the very last words that he would say in Joshua 24, verse 12, he says this, and I sent the hornet, he's, he's rehearsing everything, I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out before you, even the two kings of the Amorites. He goes back to this. That God that was back there on the other side is the same God that's here. The God that called me out is the God that brought me in. That God's still working. That God's still here today. That God that when we had conventions and this God, He's still working in this very service. He's with us. My souls, my footsteps that I'm taking, He's with us today. Joshua chapter 10. Now, this, I'm gonna, not going to read all of this. Okay, let's just take this. Now, Joshua chapter 10, verse 5. Five kings of the Amorites gathered, and they encamped against Gideon and made war against it. Drop down to verse 8. And the Lord said to Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into your hand. There shall not a man of them stand before you. Drop down to verse 12. And he spake to Joshua. Now Joshua is in the middle of this fight, this battle. And, you know, it was like a day like any other day. I'm just going to work. I'm just going this. And, and the battle's going sideways. I'm discouraged. There's things happening. And Joshua's, he's discouraged. Things aren't happening. And, and he's in the middle of the battle, and he says, Son, stand still. Moon, you hang over there. And he keeps fighting the battle. I don't even know if he knew what he was saying. Because he was in such a channel. And then he says, and the sun stood still, verse 13, and the moon stayed. And, and, and it says, and there was, verse 14, and there was never a day like it or before it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man like the, and the Lord fought for Israel. Now God hearkened unto the voice of a man before, which was Moses interceding for them. But now that same God is in hearkening to a man as they're going to possess a land. I believe God's listening to the voice of a people. Okay, as we go down now, he takes these five kings, they hide themselves in a cave, verse 18, and Joshua says, roll great stones on the, on the mouth of the cave, and then he comes down into verse uh, 22, open the mouth of the cave, bring out these five kings. Now, these five kings, one was the king of Jerusalem. <laughs> Used to be, it was always going to be Jerusalem, which was what God had predestinated before it. Hey, I, I used to be one that would use curse words. I used to do a, things that I, I wouldn't even want to mention over the pulpit. But it was never intended for that purpose. This temple was meant to serve the Lord. This temple was meant to be uh, on, on duty for the king. And he says, now these five kings, they're all there. Watch what Joshua does here. He brings these kings out, and now he brings all the captains out with them. And he says, come near. These five kings, and he says in verse 24, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they put their feet on the necks of these kings. Now, what were they doing? Every place that the sole of your feet step on, that have I given to you. So God gave dominion over these kings and their kingdoms. Whatever your weakness is this morning, maybe it's lust, but put your feet down on it. God says you are more than a match for it. Maybe your weakness is gossip. Maybe it's, it's fashion. Maybe it's makeup. Whatever it is, start putting your feet down. God has given it to you. 
Now, he, 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 Joshua didn't put his feet down, but he gave it to the captains. He gave it to those that were in the army. God wants us to put our feet down. And he says, fear not, be dismayed, be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all the enemies against whom you fight. Okay, I need to move just to this last part that we're going to close with. Go with me. Go with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, it's really good to look back and see Joshua. It's really good to see what God did in history with a natural land. But I need you to put this right where you're living. And let me use this just for the last few minutes of this service. He will say this in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's just pick it up from verse 14. I've skipped a whole bunch of scriptures, but that's okay. This is the way that it was meant to be. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie, lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love. Now, the Bible talks about those that hold the truth in unrighteousness. There are elements of truth that we need to use to possess our land. This is not about just, my land is when I get the doctrine right, I'm in the land. No, it's actually far greater than that. The Bible talks about mercy and truth. Speaking the truth in love. The Bible talks about the elements associated with truth. Can I say it this way? Truth is a person. Truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we are, we are kind to those that are kind, and we just berate anybody else. Did you know the world is watching us? Did you know that there are people that may, uh, God could use to help you, they're not even believers, by your conduct they actually are compelled to come to you? What is our land? Our land is to allow the Holy Ghost to dwell and take full possession. Not just to have a doctrine that we can point and look down at somebody. No. Give me the life of the truth. Give me the God of truth. Let him dwell in me richly. Okay, I, I, I just I need to move it. So he says, Grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by this what every joint supplies. Okay, I, I need to move forward. Verse 17. Okay, I, I need to, this is the part I want to get to. This I say, therefore, and testify that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Now, listen, I know this is not the roaring part, okay? But is it true? Is this part of the buffet that we're to feed on? Is, is it, we're not going to pick and choose. Well, I'm just going to have, give me a predestination service, Brother Ed. Give me an emotional service. No, this is part of what we need to possess our land. This is as much the gospel as the roaring part is. I, I believe we ought to grow up. Okay, let's, let's be real men. I, I, and I'm not here to point fingers at you or, or myself. I'm here saying, Lord, help us all. Help us to grow into what you have for us. Now let me not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. 
having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness. For the life of me, I can't understand somebody that walked in this message and that will turn from it and actually become an enemy against it. How did it happen? It didn't happen all at once. But it happened somewhere. While Joshua was giving his good report, ten spies were giving their report, and you started to listen to it when you should have said, shut up. When, when, when somebody started gossiping, you listened to it, and you started to go down a path where you couldn't have confidence in a minister anymore. Listen, you don't kill somebody just by, you, you kill by killing their influence sometimes. And you don't even have to use words. What do you think of brother so-and-so? <laughs> that, 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 there's, there's not a lot of confidence in that, is there? You know what brother Branham would do? He says he would treat his enemy and his brother exactly the same. Now there's a man I can have confidence in. Do good to all men, especially to the household of faith. Now, who being past feeling? You know, you know here, here's, here's just a little thing I can say. I believe Joshua was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I believe we need to be sensitive. God, God, God needs to deal with all of us to keep correcting us, bringing us into position. You watch too many movies and your heart gets a little hardened. Does that mean you should never watch a movie? No, I've, I've actually seen a movie from time to time that I felt was, would, would, would fit. But I don't, go, I don't want to go and watch it 24-7. I don't want to go because, and then you take time away from feeding on the Word. Like we can talk about feeding on the Word like that's all we should do. No, I think we need to be feeding. And some of that feeding is conversation. Some of that is through a testimony. Some of that is through a tape, through music, through things. I think we need to be feeding. And the more you feed, the more sensitive you are to God. I was in the middle of something. I felt like I was so topsy-turvy. And a brother from, from afar sends me this little text message. And I knew that God, the God that is touched by the feeling of my infirmities, had a brother on the other side of the world that was close enough that he knew to send a text to Brother Ed. And I said, oh God, you care for me. Could we be that kind of... Could we be a part of the body in such a way? Sometimes our Christianity becomes so self-serving. What can I get out of it? What can I... And we feel like... Uh, 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 there was a sign, there was a t-shirt. You know, when COVID is over, I'm still not going to associate with people. Because <laughs> I hate people. I think that's the attitude some people have. I, I don't... They, they, they can be a part of, of the shopping mall crowd. They can be a part of this, but they can't be part of the church crowd. What? These are my brothers and sisters. Right, what are we going to do? Come up to the marriage supper of the Lamb and cautiously go up. Yeah, you know, nice to see you. Kind of awkward. No. I, I'd, rather be, I'd rather be right now. Brother so-and-so. Sister so-and-so. It's good to see you. I, I'm so glad you're here. You've contributed to helping me in this service. And we just think, oh, I, I'm just going to live out here in my own little world. Listen, there's a time to walk alone, and there's a time to be connected. 
Why? We are not self-serving. We're not like Laodicea, who's past feeling. Homosexuality is because they've left their natural affection. And they've given themselves to another spirit. I don't want to go down that path. But how did it start? Just a little thing. Now, listen, Ephesians, I'm not going to even get through this today, so it's okay. It's fine. I'm just going to read this little bit. You say, Brother Ed, you're meddling. That's okay. I didn't get to the absolute part yet. That's the the joyous part. That'll be next weekend, Lord willing. Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. Verse 22, put off your former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. I said something the other day to somebody who was an unbeliever, and I thought, how come I said that? It was just something out of the past that I'd heard, and I go, that's not even a part of me. But the motions, and I said, oh God, help me. Give me more of Jesus so I can just be what you want me to be. Now that doesn't mean... You know, how art thou today? No, that's a false religion. How art now? (laughs) I want to be a real Christian. I want to dwell and enjoy my land. Listen, musicians come. Verse 25. Put away lying. He's talking about our position in the land. Believers don't lie, do they? Ah. Have you ever twisted something to, to, to be just, yeah, yeah, maybe I did. Have, have you ever just cast a different light on something? Yeah, I did. At least these, this is part of possessing our land. You know, put away lying. Speak every man truth. We're members one of another. Be, be angry. I know a lot of people like this one. Be angry. Hold on a second. There's a second part to that. And sin not. <laughs> In other words, have a passion, but don't just do it from a human realm. Oh, we delight sometimes. I, I, I'll tell you what, a minister's got to pray coming up here because sometimes you know things about yourself and you think, God help me that I can be honest with myself and with those that I'm ministering to. God help me that I don't use human emotion, but that I give your Holy Spirit place to deal with all of us. Okay, I can just see you're all roaring. Let's stand together while I finish these last few. Neither give place to the devil. And then he would go on and say, let, verse 29, let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth that you may use that which is good to the use of the edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers. Oh, Amen. I, I've got Christ in me. I've got all of these things. And then we go and we don't even benefit the body with it. Okay, read Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5. Read some of Joshua. We'll come back next week and we'll pick up the good parts. Is that all right? Amen. (laughs) Let the Spirit of God minister to you. Listen, there's an absolute, what is absolute? Unlimited in power. There was something under the Joshua commission that he was given. If you line these things up, you can be, okay, this will be the last quote I'll share. This will be, out of the message, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. And he says, and he would say this. Oh my goodness, where did I put it? Here we are. So he would say this. And he says, Joshua, when he came, 
knowing the command was great, he could be fearless. Listen to this. As long as he was pointed the right way, he might come against a hill that would knock him backwards, but he was carried the right way. Now, it's not often Brother Branham uses these words. He could be fearless as long as he had the assurance, and then he goes a step further. So can the church of the living God be reckless. Huh. Somebody accused me of being reckless once. I go, reckless? There's a quote for that. <laughs> reckless, yeah. So can the church be reckless and fearless if you're pointed the right way. Listen, I'm here on duty for the king. I may not have everything the way I should, but I know I'm pointed the right way. Amen. God has to correct me, I'll correct me. Joshua knew the commission. He knew his responsibilities were great. He'd have to divide the inheritance. It was a tremendous commission. He had far more to do than Moses did. Joshua had far more, but as long as he was pointed the right way. Oh, man, I, I can just say, let's remove all the hindrances, all the obstacles, all of the encumbrances. Let's get the mechanics right and oh God, let your fire fall. I just rehearsed what you heard the last two services. Young people didn't hear it. Maybe Brother Andrew will preach it tonight. That's the fourth or fifth time he's heard it. Faith comes by hearing. Okay. Yes. I'll let him preach whatever he wants tonight. You're not obligated, Brother Andrew. Don't worry. <laughs> but it was good. Wasn't it good, young people? Wow, Brother Andrew. <laughs> I was streaming and I thought it was good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm pressing on the upward way. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, but still I'll pray till heaven I'm found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up. Let me stand by faith on heaven, stable land, a higher place that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay. Where doubts arise and fears dismay, though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on scale the utmost high and catch a gleam of glory bright but still I pray till heaven I found Lord 
on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven, stable land, a higher place, oh, that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on I want to live above the world Though Satan's darts at me are hurled For faith has caught the joyful sound The song of saints on higher ground be honest with each one with ourselves have we fully arrived have we fully overcome is there some land to be possessed two hands up here I, I, I need more of God I need him to take a I need to not that I need to attain but I need to yield more that he can do what he wants to do if, if that's your heart's desire this morning listen if I came across and saying, I was, you were picking on me, Brother Ed, no, that's not my intent. Every one of us has a battle, has a mountain, yeah. has something to overcome. But may God help us to be overcomers. Have we made mistakes? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Two hands up. Have we seen others make mistakes? Yes, we have. Have we gotten discouraged along the way? Have we been disappointed with people? Yes, we have. Don't let that stop you from taking your land. Don't let bitterness creep in. Don't let discouragement creep in. That's the tactics of the enemy. You're going to meet some opposition. I meet it. I've met it more than I've ever had in my life. But I say this, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. We can take this land. We can possess everything God. I, I, I have a right to be joyful. But Brother Ed, it's COVID and people are so depressed and people are... Yeah, I have a right to it though. I, I have a right to be happy. Amen. Hey, I have a right to go on with my life. I have a right to enjoy things and take things. Yeah. Oh, we are more than conquerors. than conquerors, overcomers in this
Christ's life.